Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. I used to get a buzz out at Robin, getting in trouble, of course, getting locked up. We turn our phones off in the evening, and it's great. I just think there's too many other things going on in life to enjoy. The government putting that up now is just, it's not even the nail in the coffin. It's they've dug the hole and they've thrown you in for it. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Mind with P.J. Coogan. Later on this morning, I'll be talking to uh, the PRO of a GAA club, which has banned vaping. I mean, on the sidelines, in the stands, as you watch a match, you can no longer vape in this particular GAA club. I'm wondering if any Cork club has taken that stance. Remember last week we were speaking with Dr. Garrett McGovern about vaping and he was insisting well it's a very useful thing for helping people to quit smoking or to cut down on smoking but he would be absolutely opposed to young people getting their hands on vapes one club up the country with a lot of young players and a lot of young activists in the GA club have just said actually no we're not letting them on the premises on the on the campus at all that's that's a bit later has any Cork club decided to do that but going by dates now going by days it was the early hours of last Saturday morning but going by by dates this being the 7th of November it's a month ago today that the current situation in Gaza uh, broke out we know what happened that day we know what's happened since we know the awful humanitarian tragedy that is the latest conflicts in the Middle East. And I'm speaking now to Mahmoud. Now, Mahmoud, I understand you have recently retired as an engineer with Cork County Council. Good morning. That's, that's correct. Yeah, good morning to you, PJ. Yes, that's correct. Yes. And, and how long did you spend working with the council, Mahmoud? Uh, 21 years. 21 years. Yeah, I came over from the UK... Uh, through a recruitment uh, campaign through BLG at the time in two, year 2001. So I started in December 2002. Okay. And wh- where are you from originally? Gaza, is it? I was uh, yeah, I Gaza was, City. I'm a Palestinian. Yes, yes. Yeah. Tell, me about, tell me about your 
your place of birth. Tell me about your home city first. Well, it, uh, obviously before, I don't want to go that far, but before 1948, it was a very prosperous place with uh, 250,000 people, uh, mainly working on uh, in agriculture. And everybody had his own little farms. And this. But my father was a, a carpenter, uh, so he had to find work, and he left in, in the early 50s to Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Uh, came back, got married. I was born in 1955, and then in 1956, he had me sent to Saudi Arabia to live with him, with my mother, and yes. I was only one year old. And then um, came to the UK to do my university study, and I also found work, so I kept on working a few years in the Middle East to make a bit to make, make more money and saving, and came back to UK. Uh, when I saw Court and Council advertising for engineers, I applied, came for an interview in 2002, and I got uh, an offer in August 2002, and I uh, moved to I to Court okay. in 2000, December 2002. And you worked here until your retirement. Yes, yes. And now, I have been here since. Good. Now you have you have a wife called is it Abla is her name? That's that's correct. Yeah, she is still well. I hope and pray that she's still alive. I haven't heard from her since uh, the eleventh of October. Okay, let's wind it I back a little bit, Mahmoud. We'll talk about her and you first. So, how long have you been married? I went out in just after COVID. I was on my own for many years, so I went out in two thousand in July two thousand and twenty-one, uh, and I knew the the two families knew each other. So I met her in December, and um, she's also of a mature age. Uh, so we uh, decided to get married in January two thousand twenty-two. Okay. Now at the time I was in job. I was employed here, so I asked her to fill a, to go onto the internet and fill a form to join Irish spouse in Ireland, you know, like, and she filled the form, sent it through. There was a lot of paperwork, which I sent. The only thing is everything has to be completed and sent to the Irish embassy in Tel Aviv. This is the rules. Yeah, uh, you're a citizen, aren't you, Mahmoud? You're an Irish citizen now. Yeah, I am an Irish citizen, but uh, she isn't, of course, because she hasn't been able to get to Ireland. So, when uh, when things didn't go as planned, so I had to think about I either stay here on my own uh, or retire and move to Gaza, and that's what I did last July. Okay. I left my retire- my job after 21 years, and I went and bought a flat in last August. Okay, okay. Uh, so just just a few months ago, then you moved back to Gaza, bought a flat, and live in there. I, I thought I thought it was it was okay. It yeah. was under siege. It was limited resources. Uh, people were struggling. Very high mm. uh, employment. But I thought with my pension here, it will see me okay. So that's 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 the that's the point where we where we are. Then you've you've moved back yeah. 
to uh, to Gaza last August, bought an apartment, and then uh, October the 7th happened. You were there at the time. What do you remember about that weekend? <laughs> you see, I was, I was in the flat, and uh, I had call at 6.30 in the morning from a nephew in the city itself. I was outside. I, was, I bought a flat on the outskirts. Uh, by the beach side, so um, I um, I had a call at six thirty to get out as soon as I can because war broke out, and I said, "Well, I can't see anything." He said, "Look up in the sky." So, so there was some, you know, rocket. I think it was coming from Gaza towards Israel at the time. The uh, so uh, I said, "So what do I do now?" He said, "Just shut everything straight." and get here. Luckily, I rented a car, so I had a transport. But as we were driving towards the city, her mom called, mm-hmm. and she said, can you come here first? You know, I want to see you. So I dropped her by her mom a little bit to the north of the city, and I came to stay with my nephew. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I couldn't communicate by then. There was a phone call and she was saying, well, I'm ready if you want to collect me. I said, well, I'm trying to find a brave taxi driver to take me to the crossing. I should just be out of here. Uh, we found one Sunday morning, the 9th, uh, sorry, Monday, the 9th, but he wouldn't go to the north of the city to collect I her. I see. So, uh, so she went uh, to see um, her mom. And your intention was that you were both going to get out? Although she doesn't have the right to come to Ireland. Sure. But you were going to to take a chance on it, were you? I was going to go to Egypt, you see. Uh, My my mother left me a flat in Cairo, so there was a furnished accommodation for me in Cairo. And I had been preparing it just in case if Ireland wouldn't allow... Abla to come over. So we would sit in Cairo and wait for a decision on her application to join me. In okay, Ireland. okay. So you had this safe place in Cairo, an apartment waiting for you. You just needed to get Abla into Egypt. You lost contact yeah, because she was in her well, mom's place. Well, but, you see, the, the it was good that I found a driver brave sure. enough to do the straight road from my nephew's house to the crossing and 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 it was good of him to say sure. okay i'll do it so it was still monday morning i mean you know there was still war going on and he managed to drop me off at rafa crossing yes it wasn't very easy to get out but uh we did luckily i had a sister and her husband who's partially blind and both uh close to 70 but we managed, the three of us, to get out. Obviously, Abla was still in contact, but uh, she can't make it. So I left her behind. I came here So the last time, I, I know I'm pausing for people now, Mambu, just to keep in touch with the story, but you, you last saw or heard from your wife, saw her at least, four weeks ago today. No, on the 7th of October. The seven, oh, four weeks That's ago last Saturday, last time you saw her. Yeah, that's when we left the flat and I had to drop her off to see her mom and dad because they were elderly. They're both over 70 and they needed, I don't know, they needed comfort. They needed to see her. They needed to see her. It's as normal as anything. So when did you last speak to her? 
11th, 11th uh, of October. Oh. But obviously, as you know, with the internet being cut off and no electricity, I hope that she is just not able to charge her phone. And that's why there is nothing. I have sort of been trying to get uh, the same driver to drive up to her house. But he said that part of the city is very bad. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't go there. So he wasn't going to have the same bravery as he did on the 9th when he took me to the crossing. So is it, is it that he, that part of the city has been extensively yeah, bombed? Is that it, Mahmoud? That's right, yeah. That's uh, the Tofane area, which is a little bit to the north. Um, so I hope they're both alive, uh, or all of them are alive, her parents and herself. She has two sisters. And is, yeah, are there any friends or relatives that you've been able to contact that can make contact with her, no? You know, the only, the only way that we knew that her uh, ankle, unfortunately, uh, was... She uh, broke her ankle, didn't she? No, no, her ankle died uh, while he was getting bread for everybody. She has a very active ankle. He's in... Or uncle, I beg your pardon. I thought you, I yeah, thought she had an ankle, an ankle injury. Sorry, I beg your pardon. Yeah. Her uncle died, okay. But, yeah, but the only way we knew that was on Al Jazeera while we were in Egypt and I was watching the news and he's a well-known in the community. So they brought him on a stretcher out to, to for burial and they mentioned the name and I thought, hang on a minute, uh, you know, that's uh, Abla's uncle. So that's the only contact we have okay. uh, is through Al Jazeera. Okay. Uh, when I came here, I tried to appeal the decision of the immigration for not allowing her in. So we sent okay. the appeal in September. Okay. Uh, I'm okay. just going to pause again, Mahmoud, for a second, just for listeners to let them catch up a bit. So, so you've not been able to talk to Abla for 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 almost a month now you don't know you don't know where she is really you don't shockingly you don't well, even know I, if she's still alive do you but let, i don't know whether she i know she would be home but i know that area had its fair share of, of uh, you know yeah but uh, okay. I, uh I, I i hope and that the, they're all okay but you never you don't know. know you don't I'm, know do you? with that yeah. of uh, you know bomb dropped in that area there is, uh, uh, you know, very slim chance that they are all uh, alive. But I'll have to wait and see. Now, now my appeal, and thanks to you for giving me the chance, is that... Well, well let's, let's, let's go to that, because you you applied, you, you married, as you said, um, a year yeah, and a bit ago. You applied I for her. her. Yeah. You applied for her to come. I just want to catch up for listeners, Mahmoud, but bear with me a moment. Yeah. So... You applied for her to come here with you because you're an Irish citizen. You're living and working here for, for 21 years. And in the initial application wasn't successful. You appealed it and there was more paperwork required. I'm assuming that you got um, all of that paperwork. Yes. Yeah. And it's been sent on the 26th of September. Last. That's before the war broke. And I was hoping that although we are, we've accepted to live in Gaza, but I wanted her to come to Ireland uh, at, at least as a visitor mm-hmm. at the time. So 
But obviously now that the situation has changed, I don't really know if that flat still still stand. I don't know what being brought down because the, we we I lived in a nice camp area, secure area accommodation, and uh, the first two weeks, a, a taxi driver managed to pass by the beach road, and he says, two, but not yours, two building has been brought down, but not yours, because mine was in the back, so he knows what, uh, as a taxi driver, but he's a family member as well. I see. So, I don't, so the whole plan is, is now... Uh, yeah. So, you changed. don't know, you don't know if your wife and her family are still alive. You don't know if your home is still standing. You're desperately no, trying to find her and desperately trying to get her out. And I think that's why you wanted to talk to us, Mahmoud, is because yeah. you've asked Michal Martin to help. Yeah, there is a, a message in his office. There is a, a correspondence. I also sent a copy of the appeal to his office. And they were kind enough to come back and said it's been documented and it will be seen too. So I haven't lost hope. I hope that when he comes back, I think he's on a... Uh, he's in China too. at the moment. Yeah, He's in China at the moment. So when he comes back, I hope and pray that he would look at it in a very sympathetic way and considering the situation in Gaza and would allow her to join me in Cairo and hopefully we can get to the Irish embassy in Cairo and get her a visa to come over. Okay. That this. Where, where are yeah, you this, just now, Mahmoud? Where are you taking this call? I'm in Classis Lake in Ovens. Where I, oh, I where see I, you're here in Cork. Okay. I oh. came here last Tuesday. Okay. I I have been here a week. You see, I, I had to stay in Cairo in the hope that she might... I didn't know how the war will progress. Of course. So I was hoping that there will be some ceasefire and I see past war hasn't been as bad and they have had uh, Egypt uh, going and liaising between the two yes and there might be some I but I don't think uh, this is uh, this is a very deadly one I yes. don't think this yes. is going to be yes this is and anyone that you know I have spoken to who hasn't an understanding and knowledge of the area since all this started a month ago, Mahmoud has said, this is worse than anything that's happened previously. Yeah, because I was in the office yesterday and people, colleagues of mine were saying, will you go back? I said, but there's nothing to go back to. They literally has bombed banks, government building, roads, uh, you know, beach restaurants, which I used to enjoy and, this, you know, walk and have a coffee in the morning. I, I really enjoyed the six weeks I stayed there. And I thought, yeah, I could cope with this. <laughs> you know, with the, with my pension, it will, uh, I will live very comfortably in Gaza. Of course, of course. A pension my, that you earned here in, yeah. in Cork when you worked here. And, and now, like your home... Your, fam- your, your wife, you don't know where she is, her family, you can't contact her or any of them. You don't know if your home is still standing? Not, yeah. I mean, I hope, I hope she's still alive. And I hope 
that uh, Mr. Mihal Martin will look at it when he's back and do something about it with, uh, you know, with the Irish embassy in Cairo, because that would be easier for me to fly back and hopefully have her, uh, have her come through. Now, I'm saying this, hoping that she will be able out. But at the moment, the, what I hear is that Israel will take over and they might not allow anyone out. <laughs> so all that is hypothetical. It's all assumption that she will be able to join me in Cairo. But that not might be the case. But the, the least I could do for her is to hope that the Irish government will allow her to join me if she is out, uh, well, if she's alive and she's out safely to Cairo. I feel for you very much, Mahmoud. The, the the area where she lives, I mean, where you where you bought your little flat, sounds. And I have been to that part of the world, and I know how beautiful it is. You'd yeah. bought you'd bought See, I, you'd bought your house. Thought, you thought you were going to retire by I, the sea in your hometown, thought, you know. But remember, it didn't come as sudden. I actually went four times while in work. I yeah. went. Through Egypt, cross to Rafah, crossing to Gaza four times to make sure I can adapt. It's not very easy. Yeah. So, uh, but she, I must say, you know, I hope she's still alive. She was very flexible. She said, if you want to live in Ireland, I'll come to Ireland. She had a little bit of reservation at the beginning, being, you know, she hasn't been out of Gaza. And mm. Does she speak any would, English, Mahmoud? Your English is excellent. Does she speak any English? No. No. A few words just to, you know, uh, but no, she, the plan obviously is that she hopefully will do uh, an English course when she's I, here. Might, may I ask, what is her native language? Arabic. Arabic. We, okay. Yeah, they speak Arabic. They speak Gaza. Arabic. And communication, of course, is very, very difficult now. Like, is there anyone using satellite phones? Is there anyone using like, even, even well, Elon Musk's? satellite system. Is there any communication at all to talk to when anybody? I was, uh, when I was in Egypt, we were advised to get an international line directly to her. But now I hope the reason she didn't pick up because her uh, phone wasn't charged. And how would she when there is no electricity? I think since the 10th, for the ninth, they cut electricity on the whole uh, Gaza Strip. So there's no electricity for her charge. Now, the people I have been able to speak to are taxi drivers, which, when I asked them, how do you get your phone charged? He said, oh, through the car. You know, the car. And, and <laughs> <laughs> but uh, some of these are not available anymore because there is no petrol. So they have their cars stopped outside their houses. So even that hasn't, hasn't worked. But I haven't given hope. I'm still hoping that uh, we will have uh, some ceasefire. They're talking about a humanitarian, uh, you know, bows. And I hope that someone can actually get to her house and find out if they are still alive. But... Um, uh, it it's not looking like that they are agreeing to that ceasefire either. Yeah. So I hope that things will change in the next uh, day or two. 
Mm. But uh, it is very serious. It is. Uh, it is. Leaving, leaving that many people without food, water, uh, communication. And, um, but now I knew it was bad. I knew it was bad But uh, before. But to be honest, it would still be... I could still live with it, you know. Yeah. I bought a nice apartment on the sea. It was built by uh, Qatar. Uh, they oh, yeah. were building apartments. and yeah. No, as I say, um, well, well, I've never been in Gaza. I've never been in that part. Uh, but I've been in the Middle East. I've been in Lebanon and I've been in, in Israel and I've been down south towards northern Egypt couple of times oh, yeah. in beautiful 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 part yeah. of the world and so tragic to see it wrenched apart time and time again with this conflict Mahmoud I know that you, you like you said you had a response from Michal Martin and no doubt Michal being and he is give him a fair give him his, his fair lash here he is a humanitarian at heart he will no doubt speak with you when he's back from from China and I sincerely hope that you can a make contact with Abla, that she is okay, and that hopefully you can get her out of there. Mahmoud, thank I, you for speaking with me. No, thank you for uh, having the time and spare me on your show. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Mahmoud Shaladan, who uh, worked as an engineer with Cork County Council for 21 years, native of Gaza, had moved back out there to live with his new wife because she couldn't get in here yet. Now he doesn't know where she is. He doesn't even know if she's alive. Um, and if she is alive, he's hoping to contact her, get her out, get her to safety. He is an Irish citizen. The plan was to maybe get her here and get her to become a citizen. Um, it's on Michal Martin's desk. And if there's one thing Michal Martin is, and we've we've learned this before through dealing with him on this programme, for example, with Andy and Cian uh, last year, Totally different set of circumstances, I know. Um, he is a he's a man of great humanitarianism. Hopefully something will happen. Hopefully she's alive. Can you imagine what that must be like? Not even knowing if she's alive. Not even knowing if her people are alive. Not even being able to contact the taxi drivers that you know because their phones are dead, because their cars are dead, because there's no petrol to put in the cars. It just... That's rough. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. Listen to Corks 96 FM while you work. While you work. Wherever you go. Click listen live at 96fm.ie. Just something that I'm asked to point out to you by our old pal, uh, Michael Lee, uh, the National Council for the Blind is no more. NCBI is no more. And Michael wants us to pass it on to you that as of now, it is known as Vision Ireland. I knew it was coming. I just wasn't aware it had happened officially. But thank you for that, Michael. 0818 Now, Antoinette, they, they took the doors off the toilets at Carrignafoy Community College. What's going on? Good morning. Morning, Paige. Um, it's actually just the main door of the toilet that, that they've taken off. The right. cubicle doors are still there. 
one would certainly hope so. Yeah, my main concern was that my kids come home yesterday and said that there was CCTV being put into the toilets. Now, to me, you know, school, minors, CCTV doesn't add up for me personally. You know, when you like the way that the toilets are laid out, like the senior the bathrooms, which would be for um, transition year up to sixth year. Okay. There's a photograph. You put a photograph on Facebook. You yeah. put a photograph on Facebook for. So uh, that's bathrooms. taken from inside the toilet, yeah? Looking yeah, out into it. That's from one of the cubicles in the senior bathrooms. I see. Now, there used to be like a privacy wall and then the door, but yeah. the privacy wall has been taken down as well. I see. So, now, so that's an open we got an email door. this morning. Just, just the open cubicle door then, you can look straight out into the school look corridor. straight out into the corridor, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, the, like, that, as I said, that's the senior bathroom. Um, the boys' bathroom... All the urinals have been taken out. So, like, the boys want to go in. All they have now is cubicles Okay. to go to the toilet. Like, you know, the amount of boys in a school with why, two cubicles. Why, why have they taken out the... Why have they taken... Due, out? They said it's due to antisocial behaviour and um, preventing... Um, students from going into the, the, the bathrooms and stuff and obviously they're vaping and smoking and all doing all those things in the toilets as well. Um, but it's not all children. Yeah. You know, the, the, all children now are subjected to doors being wide open. Um, as far as I know, the disabled access toilet has been left because that's separate to the other toilets. Okay. So, um, so, so, so the doors are gone off the toilets. They're taking the urinals out of the boys' toilets. They're gone. They're gone. And there's completely. Where are they putting the CCTV Antoinette? Um, I don't know. Now we got a, a thing in this morning from the principal to say that they're only exploring now putting the CCTV CCTV in. But just my kids came home yesterday and said one of the teachers actually told them it was going in tomorrow. Yeah. Now, it, you, so, look, it's legal I to do know. it unless they're aimed, unless the cameras are aimed at urinals or, or cubicles or anything like that, or, or sink it. Yeah, but with, with the girls' toilets, there's one big mirror, and then there's mirrors along the wall. So whatever way that camera is pointing, if it hits off one mirror, it'll hit off the other mirror and straight into the cubicle. I see. I got you. And what are, so, what are your you own know, lads saying to you? It's, it's, Abby's going to school there, isn't she? Abby... Um, Jess and Katie, they're all in one school. Okay. What are they now, saying? as I said, Katie uses the disabled one. Mm-hmm. But, they, like, it's not they, only my kids, they so all the, the kids are saying that like, internet? They're on. What? Have they taken the doors off the disabled toilet? No, no. That's that's separate, like, but it's one big room. So if they decide to pour CCTV into that room because they kind of use it as a gender neutral bathroom as well, because it's just. I think there's only two kids with like physical disabilities yeah. in the school. So they use it as a gender neutral bathroom as well. Um so if if a camera goes in there like I'm sorry, like, but that's like 
well, it's Katie's dignity gone out the, the window anyway. Yes. Because yes. she's in full view. Cameras, cameras in toilets, it, it is permissible within certain rules, but I think people are worried about the things like maybe, you know, feminine hygiene matters and exactly, like yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You know, like, if, God forbid, Noel Ham, like, a young girl goes in there and she's after leaking all over herself. Yeah. And then, like, she's in full view of, of, of everybody, like... It's it's not fair on them, like, um. But like, as I said, yes, the cubic doors are still there. But if, well, the the female toilets anyway, where the the mirrors are, yeah, the camera's going to angle. Like, it doesn't matter what way they do it, it's going to hit off one mirror somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And obviously, girls need mirrors in bathrooms. No, <laughs> you know. I think one of the one of the reasons being being put about is because of vaping in 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 the yeah. in the toilets in the in the toilets yeah um the other like they're saying there's antisocial behavior just there's some students preventing other kids from going in to use the bathrooms yeah we i have, don't know we've requested a statement from the school and i know that we've we've, we've been we've been that that's toing and froing at the moment we haven't actually got one at the moment i mean one would assume that any engineer putting in CCTV or asked to do so would know the rules and would only put them where the rules allow, you know. Yeah, but there's minors in the school. Yeah. There's yeah. children under 18 in that school. Like, my children, my two, two eldest are 18, so they are adults. You see, yeah. But there is minors. Yeah. You know, I mean, there has to be some rule where, obviously, taking videos of minors it's illegal I know they're not doing anything they're just going in to go to the toilet but yeah. there has to be some sort of a rule preventing you know what I mean because obviously if the CCTV the CCTV is there I'm assuming teachers have access to it to see what's going on because that would that would be the reason why it's been put up. And, and there has been so no I think it, what's going on. There has been no communication from the school to parents' internet of any kind. Well, no. we got one in this morning. And what um, I sent it on to further. Um, and it just said it's it's due to the antisocial behaviour that they've taken the door down and removed the urinals from the me- the boys' bathrooms, and they're exploring putting CCTV in. Right. But as I said. The kids were told yesterday that the CCTV is going in tomorrow. I know, I know. Well, as I said now, we have asked for a statement. Um, I, we didn't have one at the time of coming to air, but as soon as we get it, if we get it, Antoinette will we'll, we'll certainly uh, bring it, bring the school's response uh, to the programme. Yeah, as I said, it's, like, as I said, it's more the concern for the younger kids. Yes. That, that, that's my concern. Yeah. That they've no privacy whatsoever now. Like, yeah. you go obviously, to, you a girl's go, bathroom. Yeah, yeah. A toilet is a place where you you can seek a moment's privacy. Yeah, no, but like you're going to like the girls are going to the bathrooms, the boys are going to the bathroom. There's male and female teachers in that school. They can now walk past and look straight into the bathrooms and see everything. So, if, like, if there's a student there and you know standing at the the sink, fixing our knickers, say. Teachers can see it when they're walking past. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, 
as I said, you know what I mean, whatever about the door being taken down, that the teachers can see what's going on. But CCTV being put in, I'm sorry, but that's a no-no to me. Not that any teacher would have any... No, material. I'm not, no, I'm not saying just, any teacher... It could teacher. be very embarrassing for the pupil, of course it could, of course Yeah, exactly. Yeah, course you know, especially younger kids... I know, I know, I know. There's a hundred and one things see. come into your mind as 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 as, as, as a parent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And, you and, know, and, and I'm not insinuating in any no, way no, no, that no, any no, of the no, teachers no, would no, do anything. No, no, you'd be the last person, in fairness, to do that. Uh, knowing you as we do. Antoinette, we're going to leave it there, right? As I said, we've requested the statement from. Carried Nefoy Community College. Uh, hopefully, it'll come uh, during the program. If you hear any more. Uh, keep us updated, please. I know I know you will do that. Thank you. And Jeanette, she's back with you there, lads. So this is Carrignafoy Community College. They've taken the doors off of the toilets. They have taken the urinals out of the boys' toilets. Everything is cubicles now. And there is talk of, talk of CCTV going in. And there's a photograph on Antoinette's Facebook, I think Cove Edition or Cove, one of those Cove newsletter Facebook pages has pictures too, taken from inside a cubicle of the door, no door, out into a wide open space. And it's clearly a recreation or a communal area because what you can see there is a pool table on its side against the wall. So the door of the bathroom is gone. Anybody walking up and down at any time of the day can see straight in. And that's what the parents are concerned about. 0818 96 96 96. We will follow this one. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Coach 96 FM. Win a pair of Apple AirPods with Quartz 96FM. Just take our 10-minute music survey and you're in the draw. Tell us the tunes you'd listen to on repeat and what songs we should delete. Win your very own Apple AirPods. Give it a go right now. Find the link on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Or c96fm.ie. As I said, we'll stay in touch with that one. If we do get any statement from Carrigdenfoy Community College, we'll bring it to you. We did request it early this morning. Uh, Dearman wants to know when is Michal Martin going to withdraw the troops from Golan Heights? They have already told civilians to leave the region. There's no sign of this incident stopping. Why are we going to leave our army there to be shot? from both sides. Thanks, dear man. And of course, we still have a presence in southern Lebanon. Uh, but we understand they're all safe and well. We were reassured last week by people who have people out there at the moment that they're all uh, safe and well and, of course, very well trained for any of this situation that uh, that should occur. 0818-969696. Now, there are many, many ways to date and there are many, many ways to meet someone. But seemingly, it's Harder than ever. The more ways there are to meet someone, the harder it is to actually do it. Karina Duffy, eco-fitness, dating while running or walking. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. This is an unusual idea. How does it work? It's, it's, an, it's an app, in fact. 
No, and not yet. Um, it's solo walks is what they are. Um, we don't do any running on it. We'd be running away from each other then if that was the case. <laughs> so you're just walking. <laughs> you're meeting to walk. Yeah, there's there's single and ready to mingle walks um, that I started to organise this year based out of my own experience with, we'll say, being newly single two years ago. I just found it really difficult at 41 to try and meet somebody on the date naps and the time and investment that was involved in it was huge compared to being single years ago. Mm. Um, I just found it a bit difficult. So, And I found personally myself when I was on the online date naps, I, you kind of have to take people off. You kind of have to go, we'll say take, it's not even face value. You kind of have to gauge messages and then meet and then, you know, kind of gauge the two weeks previous to that before you meet them. Um, and then is it safe? Where are we going to meet? All that jazz, especially being a woman. So I You've just no idea who you meet is what one. you're saying. Exactly. You have no idea. And anybody I found with the, on, now don't get me wrong, loads of people have met really cool people on online dating um like i know loads of people that have really cool relationships but loads of really bad experiences as well at the same time you know that kind of way and um i just put the research out there with age group around my age group between 35 and 55 be me being out of 41 right now and um the same struggles were coming back both men and women that they just found that it was daunting and exhausting trying to be and there was too much variety online as well it was like going into a sweet shop. Isn't it and funny though, like, Karina, in a time when there is more and more ways to communicate with one another, it seems harder yeah. to meet people. It never it never ceases to amaze me that that's the case. I think you're right because, you know, this was said before, like I always have the conversations. Um, I talk to groups of people all the time. Like my background is fitness and that's what I do full time. And um, so I have groups of people around me all the time. And I, you know, it's like a focus group. You put the question out into the group and you get back opinions. And um, and a lot of us are single or newly single as well and came out of long-term relationships. And um, someone said before to one of the girls, I think she was a psychologist, it's like a sweet shop. Um, being online at the moment, like, okay, that didn't work out. You, you're not really investing that much time into it. It's okay, I'll go back into the shop and get another suite. And I thought that, that was a really good analogy, yeah. that we're really disposable. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so I thought, when I heard that, I was like, gosh, that is true, that, you know, we might get the, someone might get the ick too soon because okay shit's grand move on drop kick you and go to the next person you know that kind of way <laughs> no but honestly and i know they're probably harsh words to say but um yeah i just feel like i feel like anyway it was all very disposable yeah and i'm the culprit as well i'm not going to sit here and put an angel over a ring over my head i'd be that person as well because it'd be like oh sure there's someone else there there's another picture there there's another swipe right there yeah so it's not i just felt like it wasn't really a real thing for me to be doing. And I was I was that person that was swiping right as well. So I thought, right, how do we get people together face to face and actually get real human energy connection? Because I feel like there's better, you can make a better decision and you can, we'll say, even from a friendship wise, you know, if you're out meeting somebody and you're like, God, I really like their energy. That's kind of what I wanted to bring into the dating scene. And um, people get to know each other for the real person that they are, not just through a picture. Because we all have bad days for pictures, let's face it. We all have good days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can do amazing things with a picture. You now, can do amazing things with you're, pictures. You're running an event in Cork, I think, are you? 
Yeah, we're down in Cork this Sunday. So we run, we've been running the single and ready to mingle walks. Um, it's only since June this year and we've been to Killarney, Kilkenny, Dublin, Clare, Atlone. And we're actually down in Cork this weekend. So the idea is that we're trying to hit a few different areas around Ireland and rotate them every six to eight weeks and um, just bring like-minded people together. So yeah, it's a walk. So, it can so be a bit daunting. and where and how people. does one get involved? So we're down in Blackrock this Sunday. It's 11 o'clock. It's only for an hour and a half, that's all. So it's not a big, massive, long hike or anything like that. It's just enough time to get to know people um, have a bit of a mingle, see their bit of a connection, get some numbers and they can um, hopefully meet with people outside of the walks. And where's the so meeting Blackrock this Sunday. Um, we're meeting at the castle at Blackrock this Sunday. We're walking along the coast at 11 o'clock and they can sign up on ecofitness.ie, the website. All our solo events are up there for November and some has gone up for December already. Ecofitness.ie? Yeah, that's and the one. Is there, there's a, is there a charge or is there... A... There is, yep. Yeah, there's a 2207. It's a bit of an odd number. Um, 2207 um, is the charge. Why? And very well. <laughs> Why 2207? <laughs> Eventbrite have their little fees as well. It's a bit of an odd number. But um, we do. It is a bit of an odd number. But people ask, why do we charge for the walks as well? Which is a valid question. Because then I feel like people are invested. Um, They're invested and they're coming for a reason. Um, I I feel that way anyway, because Mm. there's loads of free events that people can go to. But are they invested in actually looking for a meaningful connection, friendship and romantically wise? And I find that if people just, there's loads of walking hikes out there, there's loads of walking groups and all that jazz. But this is specifically to meet somebody for something, for some sort of connection. And I do feel like when somebody's signing up and paying for it, they've they've done step one of the investment that they're going to show up. And that means then, do you know, because I've tried and tested this and anyone, any free events that I did, um, we'll say organise, no, but every, it's just all oh, show up for the crack. There's a bit of a commitment but, in it if you're paying a little fee for it. Yeah. And it's not, it's not, it's not a whole pile of money anyway. Twenty two euros and seven. That's down to Eventbrite, not down to Karina. So, Sunday morning, eleven o'clock at Blackrock Castle, uh, ecofitness.ie for more information. Good luck with it, Karina. Hope it all goes well for you, and maybe that app will come uh, down the line. Karina Duffy, thank you. 0818969696. You want to go for a walk, maybe a run, meet someone? I presume you can bring the dog. Um, newly single and ready to mingle and all that. Give it a go. Sunday morning, 11 o'clock. Forecast might be nice too. Down by Blackrock Castle for a walk for an hour. An hour and a bit. Uh, ecofitness.ie. Another new way to date. <laughs> Am I so glad I'm well out of that scene? Tell you now. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96FM. On dating, Kate says, I think people are looking for too much. They've become so superficial. If you actually want a relationship, then you take the person warts and all. Ain't that the truth, Kate? To be fair, 
good point. Hit it on the nail of the head. If you are in a relationship with someone, if you're a long-term partner or married to them or whatever, you accept the person as they are. You know, um, yeah, there are certain things you can change and certain ways that you change for them and certain ways that they change for you, but if it's going to succeed, it's warts and all. You accept them as they are. You accept them on their, you love them on their best day, and then you just take them as you find them on their worst. And that tends to be a recipe for success in most cases. But thank you. We will podcast that interview about eco-fitness, so you can find out more about the walk that's in Blackrock on Sunday. Ecofit, ecofitness.ie is the the, the uh, website and there's a charge <laughs> I wonder how how does that work I know that Eventbrite charges a certain amount to you know sell tickets for your event or sell places 2207 it's bizarre but it's got nothing to do with reality 0818969696 Tony is wondering about Palestine why don't all the countries around Palestine not accept Palestinians I think they do, Tony, except that they can't get out. The Palestinians can't get out of Gaza. Um, would appear to be what happens, but, but thank you. 0818969696. Now, we are still awaiting a statement from Carrie Navoy School in Cove. Uh, we requested it early this morning, and in fact, we requested it last evening, and so far at the time of coming to air this morning, we haven't had a statement. So as soon as we get it, we can bring you the school's side of this discussion. But I spoke before 10 to Antoinette. Antoinette's a couple of kids in the school. Down in Carrigan Community College, they've taken the doors off the toilets. So that's the main door out into the corridor has been taken off. They've taken the urinals out of the boys' toilets. And there is talk, I stress talk, of putting in CCTV into the bathrooms and parents not just internet but if you go look at Cove Edition and other Facebook pages parents are not happy about this and students are not happy about it because the one thing you expect in the bathroom would be a little bit of privacy imagine if I went downstairs to go to the toilet here and found all the doors gone off the bathrooms I don't think I'd be too happy about it to be perfectly honest with you Mary, good morning. Hello, listen, PJ, just another side to this like kind of thing. As I said, the essential privacy remains in place. The cubicles are private. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think that's important to kind of the essential privacy. Now, the discretionary privacy, if you like, afforded by the outer door has been removed. And I would imagine that the school probably had a reason for that, you know what I mean, be it the behaviour of, in that area of the facilities. You know, it's quite, like, I know we've all been in situations like that, you go into a cubicle or whatever, and you might hear a voice outside that you, and you don't exit it. You don't want to come out because of who's outside or whatever. You are, are another situation I found myself in, that you overhear a conversation that you should not be privy to and you don't want to let the people know you've overheard it. And I suppose because of the outer door, people 
remain in that area an awful lot longer maybe than necessary. Mm. Children, you know, there's uh, not like the only things that should be happening in that area anyway are hand washing, brushing and maybe checking yourself out in the mirror. Yeah. You come out of your cubicle, whatever, you do whatever you need to do in that area and you exit. But obviously, because of the seclusion or whatever that was afforded, that obviously was not happening or not happening. You know, it was being misused. Well, what, what about the situation, though, that is clear from the picture that's up on Facebook that anybody passing that open door can see right in? And Antoinette makes the point that in the girls' toilets, there are mirrors on the walls that anybody passing that outer door, be they pupil or be they teacher, can see, yeah. right, male or female, can see right in and see what's going but on. But what are you doing washing your teeth, brushing your teeth, washing your hands or giving yourself a quick check in the mirror to make sure that you're, I don't, you know what I mean, that you're okay to go back out, like kind of thing. You're not doing anything in that area. Yeah. And like there is, you have to see the potential for people to congregate there. Mm. Maybe yeah. even during classes, maybe, you know, people, kids might have been skipping classes or like if you see the same child in there every half hour or every hour, you know what I mean? There's mm. obviously something else going on, like kind of thing. It's, it does give it, and you know, as I said, maybe even the CCT, it might improve hand washing. Everybody might wash their yeah. hands coming out of the bathroom. Like it, and, it would and, appear and there well are problems. The, it would appear there are problems yeah. with with vaping in in a school, and and that's yeah. one that's one way to clamp down on vaping. And that there might be some problem with antisocial behaviour. And certainly, I know as a young fellow who was bullied in school, one of my yeah. bullies' favourite targets was the toilet. Well, you know what I mean? There you go. You know what I mean? As I say, like kind of thing we've all even seen in movies of people huddled inside in cubicles with their feet up and the yeah. body will know they're inside. You know what I mean? It's Yeah, there's, there's clearly two sides kind, to this. You know, but so can you understand just, how internet youngsters are feeling a bit uneasy? I, I here? can totally understand, but obviously if there hadn't been a reason for them to remove it, they'd have left it in place. So that's down to the students. And unfortunately, you know, that's all over society where the the majority are punished for the sins of the few, you know what I mean? And that's just the way yeah. it is, you know what I mean? It's just a, pro, a, proactive, a proactive approach. But but a, a, another thing, like in a girl's toilet, Mary, you know, there could be... As I say, <clears throat> the cubicle is private. Yeah. And that is where any of that... You wouldn't do that any other kind of... would be addressed in the cubicle anyway. I wouldn't be, you know, because of... Another like it, being seen from the outside is is no different than somebody walking in on top of you if you were in full view of everybody. So mm. you know what I mean. It's how I do you feel about the and, I, and I, I, we, again we stress yeah. we, we we stress there's no confirmation of CCTV going in. It's just being discussed. But what would you feel about how would you feel about CCTV? Well, as I say, if all they're seeing is people washing their hands, brushing their teeth, and checking themselves out in the mirror, I really and in fairness, there are huge regulations about who can view. It's it's not running on a loop in the staff room or anything like that. Like these are recorded and they're kept for very specific purposes and can only be viewed, you know what I mean, by specific people and they have to be a company and they have, you know what I mean, there's all sorts of regulations around the use of it. Yeah. Like it's not on loop in a staff room. Nobody, you know, I don't think the staff want to see that either, to be perfectly honest. You know what I mean? It's, 
like CCTV is a security thing for all the children in the school. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if they feel it is necessary, and and if you know, in fairness, students and people in generally are very clever. You know what I mean? That they will carry out or you know certain behaviours in places where they can't be viewed, and that's yeah. why the toilets became such a yeah haven, if you like, for yeah you know vaping or whatever else. So mm. as, know, a, as an adult, Mary. As an adult, yeah. would you use a toilet that didn't have a door on it? I wouldn't use one that... Uh, uh, Cuba, there's a lot of places, actually, but they do have the kind of privacy screen. But, like, for hygiene purposes, like, the toilet doors are generally filthy. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you, there's a lot of places that you go in around and you go in around a wall on the inside, <laughs> yeah, but there is actually well. no taking door. That down. They're taking that down. Well, you see, obviously they need they need some kind of visibility and maybe just a bird's eye view is outside is better than a teacher barging into a, a bathroom to uh, if they hear some noise or yeah. some... They're able to keep an eye on things this way without making an issue of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It would be just, you know, I can see they obviously have some reason. I don't think, you know what I mean? Well, we're, 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 as I, as I, we're waiting to hear from them. We have requested a statement. Well, we? you know, there might be privacy issues for some particular student as well, you know what I mean, that they might not be one to kind of go too far into that yeah, might okay. risk them being identified or something yeah, like that. You I know, guess if they are taking a strong stand on something like vaping or even antisocial behaviour, then that would be re- that would that would be viewed as a strong stand, certainly to be taken down doors so you can see in. Yeah. yeah. Well, like just a view in that like, kind of thing, isn't it better than teachers like like you you could have teachers monitoring the bathrooms. Yes. Yes. In another, do you know what I mean? Like kind of yeah. the way they do the yard. Mm, and what the you, would, like, what you also would not want is teenage boys no. leering in at teenage girls. Well, oh, the, the other way around. That's, that's, but you see, the thing is that, that the CCTV on the outside or whatever, wherever, will view all that and that can be stopped and addressed. Fair point. Fair point, Mary. Thank you very much. Well addressed. 0818969696. At the risk of repeating myself, and yet I'm doing it, <laughs> we have asked Carrie Navoy Community College for a statement. Uh, one hasn't been forthcoming just yet, but when it does, we'll bring it to you. Uh, this also came in, no name on it, which is a pity. Uh, your last digits are 961. Retoilets in schools. Have I have a second year and a transition year child, and they're sick of the smell of vapes in toilets. Toilets are being blocked, blocked with vapes. There's a gang of students taking over cubicles, cramming into cubicles to play music. They're on their phones. They're causing aggro with the teachers, refusing to come out when they're called. And then my kids have to listen to a bollocking in assembly over a few gurriers. What are schools supposed to do? Obviously, no one's going to be recorded uh, actually using the toilet. Maybe parents who get the phone calls about their darlings ought to actually parent their children instead of constantly defending them. That's an anonymous message. Well, thank you. Thank you. Last digits of your number are 961. 0818969696. If it's happening in one college, it's probably happening in others. How would you feel about this? Put yourself in the mind of a 14 or 15 year old girl or boy. But I think, look, this is rather a sweeping statement, I know, but I think girls require a little bit more privacy than boys. That's just my take on things, having been a boy, never having been a girl. The idea that the toilet doors are taken off. The, the, door, the door to the actual toilets 
have been taken off. The privacy wall that used to be inside the door is gone. And anybody passing can see straight in to the bathroom. And as Antoinette said, in the girls' bathroom, there are mirrors all over the walls. How do you feel about that? Is it, is it proactive? Is it trying to prevent things that should not be happening behind a closed door? Is it proactive schooling, proactive leadership by the school? Uh, I don't know, do you? Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Think of the costs, says Bernie, of putting in the CCTV and removing the doors. I honestly feel they're not doing this for fun. We all know that some kids are no angels and then others just suffer because of that. And Jackie, well said, Mary, I understand some kids are insecure, but I'd much rather have to explain to my child they shouldn't be ashamed of using the toilet than of dealing with a victim of a bully or trying to wean them off of vapes. John says, PJ, there are so many airport toilets and shopping centre toilets that there are no entrance doors either. A wide entrance. People often gather near the entry points. Yeah, I'm thinking of one shopping centre in particular, John, uh, where you just go straight in the door, but there always seems to be some kind of a little wall or turn or twist inside there for privacy. You can't, I don't know anywhere where you can see directly into the area where people are going about their business. But as I said, we are waiting on a statement from Carrigny Community College. And if there are any other schools where it has happened, we'd love to hear about that too. One assumes it is proactivity by the school. We're waiting for them to tell us. One assumes it's proactivity by the school. Certainly there's a, a vaping issue and there might be antisocial behaviour. And certainly in my day, as someone who was bullied in school, um, one of my bullies' favourite tricks was to trap me behind the toilet door in that little triangle of space there. And it was terrifying. Um, when you're 15 and a victim of bullying, it's terrifying. So I can see that side of it too. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork 96 FM. So come back to that story if uh, we get the statement that we have requested from the school. Even if they tell us to bugger off and mind our own business, we'll, we'll tell you. <laughs> and they'd be entitled to, you know. Uh, we can, we can, we'll tell you that. We'll tell you that. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now, Takashi Miyazaki. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. We all know about uh, Ichigo Ishi, uh, the Michelin star restaurant of Cork City, um, and big changes coming there, um, Takashi at the. Just before Christmas, you're closing for Christmas, but will reopen as a totally different kind of restaurant. Good morning. Good morning. Why have you taken this decision, given the fantastic reputation that you have? Um, the thing is, um, I for me, like I feel like I want to go back to my kind of original style, casual. Uh, as I have takeaway uh, Miyazaki takeaway and. Uh, uh, 
the Cork people love that. that that's why I heard many times. And also, uh, I did uh, last five years a high-end restaurant and a really high price. And um, that was a great experience. Um, but after the pandemic and the uh, Russian war and then uh, all the costs went up high and I have to charge more. And then I feel like I, I don't feel I, I can charge to the people and even like local people anymore. Yeah. 140, 150 course. Um, it's great. It's, it's a, I say it's a beautiful experience, like, but um, it's not the right time to do it. Keep doing that, yeah. and uh, Michelin Star is the Oscars of, of of the restaurant business. Like, you, and and you, if one is going to a Michelin Star restaurant, one expects to pay more. Um, I'm actually I'm I'm not sure about the uh, what is Michelin is. Uh, you might keep a mission because that, that's their that's their choice and decision. So I I want to focus on uh, what we do since we opened Ichigoichi. That's why we keep doing focus on what we do mm. and work with the local ingredients and uh, giving Japanese techniques. And then we need to get more local people because we use them local produce. So mm. I one of the. Newspaper reports, Takeshi, that you could lose the star because of this. Is that true? Uh, I haven't mentioned about mission. Um, the thing is, I could tell um, the last five years, high-end restaurant, and uh, we got mission star. And uh, we had a great ex- experience with the, uh, the name of the Michelin. And I was invited as guest chef. And then, If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Doing more de- demonstration. And I, I'd love to keep that. So um, not much... Um, not much I never thought about the losing mission or risk or I never thought it. So mm-hmm. just the uh, important thing is focus keep, on it. Keep your business open and, and, and keep serving exactly. good food to good people is what you want to do. How long have you been here now, Takeshi? In Ichigoichi restaurant, is it? Yeah, in, in, well, in Cork. How long have you been here? Oh, in Cork, uh, 11 years now. Okay. Yeah. I just love being here, so... <laughs> Very good. So, what what will you be offering in January? What what's on on the on the menu for January? So uh, it's going to be uh, uh, we say ichigo ichie. Uh, we keep the same name. That means uh, experience. And um, we do uh, casual more. Uh, could be uh, ten different sharing plates, small plates, and medium plates at the start. Yeah. And uh, at the end, uh, we have um, some uh, rice bowl dish, and uh, which is Miyazaki has it and very similar one and could be same one and uh, also i'm going to make a uh, uh, handmade buckwheat noodles every day every morning i make that uh, it's it's beautiful things and then there's no such a thing as in ireland even, even in europe only a few places they doing that so so that's another experience so i love to share another sure. new experience sure you use your as local ingredients as much as you can you're a big customer of the Cork Rooftop Farm, I'm told. Yeah, uh, Rooftop Farm, we're using uh, and, uh, some vegetables that are beautiful and uh, organic and uh, some eggs and also uh, most of the seafood from uh, we get from Castle Tambay or Ballycotton, East Cork. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the meat we get from West Cork or wherever, like... When I loved it, and I, <laughs> I, I, go, I go to the farm, and then I use that. I just have a look and a talk, yeah, which is great experience. Yes, and the, the, the buckwheat, tell me about the buckwheat, you get noodles anywhere, but tell me about the difference. What's the difference with buckwheat and, and regular noodles? Um, buckwheat has no gluten, so it's, it's quite hard to make a noodles because we need a gluten to make a noodles. Yeah, they don't but, hold uh, together without kinda, it. <laughs> Yeah, it's quite healthy and uh, and lots of the polyphenol, which is, is great for your body. Uh, but to make a buckwheat noodle, I have to put the, some uh, plain flour as well because I need some some good and But eighty yes. percent buckwheat buckwheat flour and then twenty percent uh, the wheat flour, uh, which is still um, healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Japanese food is viewed Takashi is very healthy. Um, Mm, it depends on what way you, you go. <laughs> we have a lot of deep fried dishes as well, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, we make a lot of vegetables. So, so uh, in in diner like in Japan, we have that's why we have all the sharing plate and then you know deep fried fish, lots of meat, and also lots of vegetables. The yeah. keep the balance. That's a Japanese yeah. style, I say. I am a big fan of rice bowls. I love. Rice bowls with all sorts of different bits and pieces in them. So, what kind of rice bowls did you do now? Uh, I mean, like a bowl of rice, and uh, we have the bowl and the rice in the bottom, and then on the topping is some different things, something like uh, uh, the fried chicken, or um, we have a shredded vegetable uh, tempura on top. Lovely. And then pouring the dash over, uh, something like this. Yeah, they're very filling. Very filling. 
It is feeling all right, yeah. So um, after the sharing place, um, in Ichigoichi, it's going to be sharing place, and the people share that place, uh, some dishes. And then at the end, we have uh, some uh, carbohydrate, that, which is rice dish or noodle dish. But uh, kind of could be kind of medium portion. It's not a big portion. So Yeah, cool. Yeah. So you'll be opening again in January. Do you think that there's a more casual move now? I mean, we have, as you know yourself and you're part of it, we have fantastic food offerings right across Cork. But the cas- there's more casual now than, than heavy formal dining, isn't there? Um, very casual. But um, we are saying about the uh, bistronomy. It's kind of a new word. Gastronomy tone to uh, bistro style, yeah. but still we do uh, good quality of food, a tasty food, and yeah. a good atmosphere. So um, my friend uh, gave me that the word. Uh, actually, bistronomy. French, I like that. I like that. Bistronomy. Yeah, the yeah. bistronomy is a buzzing in Paris. That's why he said. I yeah. do. So I, I do like, like that. Idea. I like that. I like that. I wish you best of luck with it. Um, one of Cork's top chefs, Takashi Miyazaki. Uh, changing tack, pivoting, as they started to call it during the pandemic. Uh, gone from the sort of market posh restaurant to regular grub, Japanese style, in January. Uh, best of luck to him and indeed to his partner Stephanie with that. 0818969696 on toilet doors and says, I don't see what the issue is. A lot of shopping centres have no main door and you can see into the bathroom. It's not as if the cubicle has no lock on it. Yeah. It's it's one people are thinking about and engaging with uh, and good to see. Uh, as yet, still no response from the school. But as soon as we have it, you'll have it. And I have to say that the majority of people interacting with the show this morning on all platforms would appear to be taking the side of the school here and I will come back to it but there's quite a number of people have come and said do you know what that's the world we live in what's the problem you can lock the cubicle there's your privacy what else is going on all you should be doing in that open area is washing your hands or as Mary said brushing your teeth or maybe fixing your shirt in the mirror or whatever you happen to be doing in there and you should have no need I think people are saying I, I, I am going to come back to this. I think people seem to be saying to us on all our platforms this morning that you have a right to privacy when you're in the cubicle. Cubicle's a private place. Go in, lock it, do your business, finish your business, come out. You have no need of privacy or you should have no need of privacy or you should be doing nothing that requires privacy in the whole open section of the toilet. And a lot of people saying good on the school. As I said, I will come back to it. 0818 96 96 96. It is Men's Health Month. Movember. Movember. Men's Health Month. And a very good friend of the show, great friend of the show, in fact, has revealed that he's going through a cancer journey. We knew nothing about it. And he wants to use his experience to remind the men among us, 
to mind themselves. Talk with Jerry next. 0818969696. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The Cork Diary. On Cork's 96 FM. The Stable Bar Darts Team presents an exhibition with Chris Doby at the Stable Bar Carrigaline on Sunday the 19th of November. Doors open at 6 p.m with the event starting at 7 and proceeds will go towards Shine. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie The Cork Diary on Cork's 96FM. Spoken many times over the years with Ger O'Brien about his use of EFT in healing people and uh, putting people back on the straight and narrow when their lives have gone a bit off the beaten track and just helping them to deal with the trauma in their lives, sometimes trauma that they didn't even know about, but trauma that was affecting them in ways that they might have associated one with the other. Spoken so many times to Jar, and every time we do, there's a rake of phone calls and messages from people that he's helped. What we didn't know, Jar, was that you've been going through a cancer journey as we call it in Radiothon language here in the station, uh, you've been going through a cancer journey since 2020. So I'll start by asking you, fella, how are you? Good morning. Well, good morning, Peter. And uh, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to use this platform to speak about um, what I'm about to speak about. I'm in great form, Peter, to be honest with you. Um, everything that I've gone through hasn't swayed me one bit right from the start, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got on with it. I just got on with it when I was told first day. Shall I, shall I tell you my little story? Well, it was, what, Christmas 2020, you were diagnosed with prostate cancer. Tell me where it started. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just before Christmas 2020. You know, a lot of people know, including yourself, PJ, I'm a very private person, but I really felt that this needed to be addressed this morning. So it was roughly, I think it was October, I had gone to the doctor's, to get my knees checked out because I was having a lot of problems with my knees. And such was it that I hadn't been to the doctor in such a long time, many years. My GP had retired, so there was a new gentleman there and did the checks on the knees, spoke briefly, and um, I was just about to leave. I actually got up off the chair and I was standing and I just sat back in the chair again and the words popped out of my mouth. As I'm here, doctor, you've never checked the prostate, would you please? No. Don't know where the words came from, PJ, still to this day, because it was the furthest thing from my mind. I just went about my knees. So I said, look, I know what's involved. And he, he checked me. And as soon as he turned around and looked at me, I knew straight away I had prostate cancer. And um, he just said, look, we'll get you checked out. We'll get a biopsy and get some tests done, blood tests and all the rest of it. So I had to go through that journey then um, of... Um, going through the, the checks and what have you. And you've no idea, Jar, what made you ask that question? No idea. Still to this day. Right. No idea whatsoever, yeah. How bad was it? Uh, it was advanced prostate cancer. Right. That's exactly what it was. And you so, no symptoms, had you? No. no and this is, the, this is the scary thing about it. No symptoms whatsoever. And some, some of the symptoms would be, I guess, difficulty passing urine. Um, especially at night time needing to rush to the toilet uh, stopping and starting urination, a weak flow not, not emptying the bladder fully the blood and the urine 
pain when passing urine. These are these are the normal signs, but I had absolutely nothing. Okay, okay. So you went into treatment then, I take it. What happened then was um, went up to the to the physicians with my wife, and they told me that they said, "Look, we're sorry to tell you, but you've advanced prostate cancer." And um, you know, we spoke about it. I said, "I'll have a think about it." And uh, it was a very alternative PJ, but they said, "Look, Joe, this is this is serious. This has gone too far. You know, mm-hmm. if this if this goes any further, you're in trouble." Right. Right. So how, we had, we had to make the decision. To take in, Joe. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, no, PJ, right from the start, even when those words were spoken to me and they said that guys, a lot of, look, everybody's journey is different, but they said, look, a lot of guys can get really depressed before and after um, they're told and the surgery, but I said, look, this won't happen to me because I'm too mentally strong, okay? And that's exactly what I said to him. And right from that moment, I honestly, I can honestly say a hand on heart, I didn't leave it bother me. And I was told this probably the day before Christmas Eve, and we had a fantastic Christmas, and I just got on with it. And even that day, I was back in my clinic treating people. Right. You know, what what treatment did you have? You had did you have surgery, I, chemo? I had to, yeah, I had to get I had to get it done ASAP. Uh, I got the prostate removed, right. and um, it's it's not a nice thing to go through for any man. It really is not. You know, right from you know the biopsy to the to the surgery and what happens afterwards, where. You've got tubes coming out of places for a couple of weeks where they shouldn't be coming out of, and um, it's just—it's not a nice thing to experience. But this is where why it's of paramount importance to have a strong mental and emotional state when you're hit with something like this. This is this is the whole point. And this month, as you know, is November and it's Prostate Cancer Awareness Month, uh, Men's Health Awareness Month, Suicide Awareness, uh, and everything that goes with it, especially for men this year. Yeah, this month. Sorry. You're okay. Now, um, unfortunately, after the surgery and after what, it, it came back. Yeah, yeah, it did. So, like, what happened after the the, the prostate surgery, I had to go for seven weeks intense radiotherapy. Mm-hmm. So that was every day for seven weeks. And two weeks after that, then, I went to both the knees. And I had, anyway, I ended up getting double knee surgery all this within the space of six months and then just a couple of months back again went for the PSA to get the blood tests and the PSA levels were up and anybody doesn't know what the PSA test is this is a measure that the level of substance called PSA prostate specific antigen in the blood and uh, men with prostate cancer can have raised levels of PSA so they had come back up again and um, I had to go back in and get more radiotherapy done so the PSA levels are still rising, so we're just keeping on top of it at the moment, you know? Okay, so so you still have cancer in you? Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. I do. You worried? No, not at all. Not at all. I'm actually going for a PET scan later this afternoon. And uh, that's the honest to God truth. I carry on doing what I'm doing. I give my talks to companies. I cheat my clients and still training five days a week as if nothing has ever happened to me. And it's all down to mental strength. Where do you find that strength, Jar? I worked on it years ago. I talk about this in my seminars. You know, if you work on your mental and emotional strength uh, for many years, you will be able to deal with something like this when it, when it hits you. Mm. And that's exactly it. And I, I would encourage people to work on their mental and emotional states and be proactive on a daily basis because it's down to them. 
Just down to them at the end of the day, if they want to be mentally strong or not. You're a great believer in the strength of the mind, aren't you? Um, oh, it's everything, Peter. Have you know, it's everything. Yeah. Everything. I mean, your thoughts create your reality. It's as simple as that. And you know, my one of my famous quotes, if if I always do what I've always done, I will always get what I've always gotten. Yeah. And if you always think the way you've always thought, you'll always get what you're always thinking of. Yeah. If, you, if you change these things around and make a conscious decision, do things different than you're doing on a daily basis, think differently to the way that you're thinking, mm. and then your life will start to change. And you know, if you're sitting across from me uh, in your clinic and you're bringing me through something, as you have done with loads mm-hmm. more, then that's what you do. Those are your skills. But how do you mm-hmm. turn, because clearly you've had to turn that skill in on yourself to keep yourself this strong, have you? Yeah, yeah, you're spot on. You're spot on. And what did I do? I suppose the number one was I used EFT on myself to distress the nervous system, to distress whatever was going on in my mind and in my body. Mm. And it's been a lifesaver for me, to be honest with you. And uh, I never stopped doing what I was doing uh, while I was doing it before I got the diagnosis. I just carried on training. Nothing has changed. My attitude hasn't changed. My routine hasn't changed. I still get up at six every morning. I could stay in bed later if I wanted to, but I'm very disciplined in what I do. Mm. So it's all down to mental attitude. And anybody can change their lives if they change the way they're thinking. Anybody, no matter what they're going through. Are you on meds? No, no. And I wouldn't take them. And that's been honest anyway if I was offered them. I'm dealing with this now myself. In my own way, I'm on very, very good alternative uh, remedies. What do you use? And... Um, I use um, what's called salvestrals. I use a thing called burdock root, turkey tail. I also use essential fatty acids uh, like black seed oil. And these are absolutely incredible for uh, for cancer mm. and cancer prevention. Yeah. No, if I if 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 I had get checked, if I had got checked out sooner, PJ, I probably wouldn't have had to have gotten my prostate removed. No. And let's, let's nobody... focus on that because I think that's one of the reasons why you wanted to talk is that, yeah. you know, this is Movember, the month of awareness, and you had absolutely mm-hmm. no idea. What age were you when you were diagnosed, Jer? I think I was, let me think about this now, 57. 57, okay. So you had mm-hmm. no symptoms at all? At all. At all. Scary. Mm, I know, I know. So it, thankfully, those words popped out of my mouth. But what I was going to say to you, PJ, I mean, you know, my background was in construction. Yes. All my life, I was working as a plasterer. That's why your knees um, are knackered. Yeah. Yeah, but there you go, martial arts and football and everything on top of that. I guess you know. Yeah. But um, in in every in any side I've ever been on, there's never ever, it's never ever been spoken about men's cancer. Mm. Ever. I know it's rare enough to even hear somebody speaking about mental health today, not just on construction sites, but in, in, in many companies. Now, what they're doing today, they're, they're, they're absolutely screaming safety on sites and in businesses, but they're whispering mental health. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of guys out there still suffering with mental health today. I mean, the, the suicide rates in Ireland is probably six and a half... 650 people a year take their own lives from suicide. A person takes their own life every 40 seconds in the world. You know, we should be talking about this more. 
in schools and companies, addressing it, bringing it up. It's, you know, it's, it's okay to speak about one's mental health, break the stigma. You know, it's just, as they say, it's okay not to be okay. And honestly, when guys out there, you know, if anybody's listening to this, when you start to, when you start to speak to somebody, that's, that's half the battle, you know. Mm-hmm. Half your worries start to fade away straight away. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very, very important to talk, and it's very important for companies to really put it out there about men's uh, cancers and their mental health. Yeah. As usual, you're thinking about everybody else, Jerry. You're, you're, as long as I'm talking to you, you're always thinking about the other guy. Was focusing on yourself difficult? Um, do you know what it actually was, PJ? Because I believe, look, we should all be of service. And what I mean by that is, you know, just try to help one another out because we're all connected. And my attitude is, you know, what can I do today that will make a difference in somebody's life that will, you know, ease their pain or whatever. And that could be just a smile. It could be a full therapy session. But one has to take care of oneself as well. It's extremely important. Mm-hmm. It really is, you know. And, uh, you know, in, in a case like this, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really looking after myself. But I don't forget what my purpose is in life is is either and and that is genuinely my heart is in helping people and that's never going to change well as always the messages start coming in Siobhan says I'm listening to Jer I knew he had prostate cancer but I didn't know he'd had it back thanks for bringing him on because he's always thinking of others this is a fine example Caitlin says I've been going to see Jer for a while now I'm shocked in all honesty I'd never have thought he had cancer he's the most positive man I've ever met he's changed the way I think and the way I live and that's from Caitlin and Chloe says, listen to this man with cancer is so inspiring. His words just open my eyes in a lot of ways about your mind. He's right. Your mind is everything. Fair play to him to talk about this when you are such a private guy. And he says, uh, send, send him my love. That's from, from Chloe. How do you feel about the future, Jer? Do you, do you feel you can kick this thing? 100%. No questions asked. 100%. As far as I'm concerned, they're beating it at the moment, you know. Yeah, well, and I, I will be. I will be. I will beat this. It's, those, it's all a state. It's all. Go on, sorry, PJ. There are, there are those who would say that that your strength, your strength has grown, if 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 anything, through this. And it has, it has. And I must put it down to the the self development, the work that I put into myself over many many years. As I said at the start, if you work on your mental strength, you're able to take whatever comes your way down down the line traumas, whatever it may be, you, you can be very, very strong. Lastly, have you thought, I'm sure you have put thought into what made you say to the doctor, would you ever check me prostate? You must have, you must yeah. have thought about that. I did, and I suppose the only answer I can give you is because I'd be a very spiritual person, PJ, and I uh, like you've heard it, you've heard the same before. There was somebody looking out for me because if there was a video on me when I got up off that chair and I kind of swayed and I fell back on the chair, it was like a little little bit of a nudge, you know. And then the words popped out, but I didn't think about it then. It was months after I was thinking, what was all that about, you know? So I think I was guided to say it because I'm not finished on this planet yet. I have a lot of work to do, you know. Like someone, yeah. Uh, you 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 paint that picture so vividly, like someone pushed you back in the chair and say, "Ask him about your prostate." 
Yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> That's the only way I can put it, you know. If ever a man can figure <laughs> out what happened, it's you will figure it. Ger, we wish you well. All the team here wish you well. We will speak again. I've no doubt we will speak again. And again, the message is pouring in. Uh, a lot of love in the room for you, as You're always. Very kind. And for now, You're this is, this is just, reminding can I, you. Can I just... Jump. Thanks a lot, PJ. I'm sorry for talking over you, no, but okay. this is important. I just, I just want to throw this in there that people can get onto Irish Cancer Society and get on their um, their site and uh, the, everything that they want to know about cancer, prostate cancer, testicular cancer, etc. Will, will come up on that. I'll also put it up on my own page. Okay, but all right, Jer, you look after yourself, fella, and uh, have a when it comes PJ, around. Have a wonderful everybody. Christmas and a great New Year. Take care. That's Jer O'Brien, great friend of the Opinion Line. Um, and I, it's such a trivial thing. The last time he was on with me, I, I asked him something about uh, just a little thing I was dealing with myself, totally and completely random. And he sent me a video of a tapping exercise. And every time I use it now, it bloody works. It doesn't take me a minute. It works. Oh wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Jar. Thank you, mate, and good luck. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox96FM Still waiting to see if we get a statement in from the school, Carrick Navoy Community College, on their decision to remove the outer doors from toilets. Talking earlier this morning with Antoinette, whose kids go to the school, the outer doors of the toilets have been removed. Obviously, the inner cubicle doors are still there and can still be locked. The urinals have been taken out of the boys' toilets and replaced with more cubicles. And there is talk of, we stress talk of, CCTV, although nothing confirmed. And Antoinette was on with me before 10, just expressing her concerns about taking the toilets, or taking the doors off of the toilets. We've had some responses to that. Mostly, I would have to say, mostly looking at it from the point of view of the school, trying to clamp down on things like vaping and maybe antisocial behaviour and maybe bullying and all of those things. So I have more comments to read. Um, Kevin has sent us a voice note which goes against most of those comments. So this is a discussion that seems to be livening up a little bit in all of our platforms. So we will come back to it in the fullness. Katie, pull that over to you there so we can talk about Bruce Springsteen. Um, Reading in the papers this morning, I'm joined by Keith from the, the newsroom. Springsteen sold out Cork yesterday in an hour and a bit. Kilkenny sold out. I think Dublin sold out. Belfast sold out. The guy sells out um, and puts on a fantastic rock and roll show. And certainly it'll be one of the highlights of next May. The Bruce Springsteen night, one of the highlights of 2024, I suggest musically, the Bruce Springsteen event at a parky Cueve. But supposing you wanted to go to Dublin overnight you, you could be dropping over a grand for two people to stay and see t- and see the show and all that um but Katie people have been looking abroad and it's cheaper to travel out of the country to see Bruce Springsteen 
Yeah, so this isn't the first time this has come up and it's the same artist it's come up about before. So it was actually raised in the doll last year when he went to the RGS, the prices. Yeah, so it was actually brought up about um, hotels hiking their prices and it was the Bruce Springsteen concert. And at the time, a lot of people who weren't from... Who weren't from... um, Dublin, so hadn't a place to stay, just found it cheaper to go see him in Rome at the time. So Rome seemed to be the one that they were comparing it to. And it seems to be the same again this year, like just Mm. the tickets alone, like this is the thing. Uh, Two friends who went to see him in Paris, from Cork, they went to see him in Paris, spent uh, three or four nights in Paris, went to see him. And it would have cost them more to go to Dublin for two nights. Yeah. And you're kind of getting a tourist experience as well. But even the tickets alone, so go away from the accommodation. We all know the story with accommodation and concerts now. Like, I tried to look this morning. There is no accommodation left for the night Bruce Springsteen's in Cork. So I couldn't compare it. Mm. It's all gone. But for Milan, the cheapest ticket in Milan is €60. Euro. Right. The cheapest ticket in Parky Cueve was 143.80. Cheapest ticket? The cheapest ticket in Parky Cueve. Right. So I could get two tickets for the price of one already in Milan. Yeah. So what I could find accommodation-wise, the closest place I could find to Cork was €318 for the night. I could get a hotel in Milan for three nights for (laughs) €250. Would you mind telling me where was the closest you could get to Cork? Uh, Rochestown. Rochestown, that's not too bad. No, it's it's not bad, but for €318... For one night. For one night, opposed to 250 for three nights in Milan. And flights to Milan, you'd probably go Ryanair, would you? Ryanair, so you can go from as low as 30 euro. Okay, okay. Yeah, Spain is another option. It is. Um, So one thing to note as well about Bruce Springsteen, so compared to Taylor Swift and Harry Styles, he's not doing dynamic pricing. So the prices are the prices. They're not going up by demand. These just are the prices. So Barcelona... Uh, the cheapest you could get was 65. So five, five or more than yeah. Milan, but yeah. 65 euro to 128. The dearest, the in dearest Ireland. ticket in, the dearest ticket in Barcelona is cheaper than the cheaper, cheaper ticket in Cork. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, the only place similar to us in price is Wembley and that's 200 euro. Mm-hmm. But that's Wembley Stadium. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, what's Croke Park? Did they, again, is it 143 quid for Croke Park or something, is it? Um, is it Croke Park or the RGS? I think it's Croke. At least, look, they sold, does they? They have selling. sold, people are buying people them. People are buying them. So, I mean, ticket prices alone, and we always talk about ticket prices, I think it's just a thing. It's just a thing that putting on concerts in Ireland, uh, certainly in the Republic, seems to be more expensive. Belfast is cheaper. But it's the thing, people will... We'll buy the tickets. It's it's getting to places and staying there. Yeah. And I think you kind of know what's coming now with the hotels. You just, you know that that's the battle you're fighting in Ireland at the moment. But I think ticket prices are going up. And I spoke to Peter Aiken um, a summer back now and yeah. he said it's insurance in the Republic. It's the insurance for concerts in the Republic of Ireland that it's the, it's higher than any other country. He said that when he had Ed Sheeran here. Uh, he had Ed in... Croker and he had Ed here in Cork and Tomond Park and up in Belfast and he said, like, it was multiples of the insurance. Multiples. Absolutely. And apparently, his words, the Republic sues a lot more than the North when you're comparing prices. 
So. Well, you know what? <laughs> there's a sta- there's a story here that I had in the last couple of days. I must find it, and because it kind of proves what he's saying. But it's sold out. It still not, sells out. Not a hotel room to be had. No. Uh, so we'll have the buses going. <laughs> But the dynamic pricing, thank goodness for no dynamic pricing, because yeah. I'm still trying to get my head around that. Oh yeah, there's still Taylor Swift tickets that you can get VIP packages um, that are up to 900 euros. Hold on, I thought that sold out. Well, you were here the day of Taylor So it has sold out, but since they, they've released like one or two more straggler tickets because people aren't willing. Like the Irish will pay for a good time, but we're not going to pay 900 euro. No, we're not. So they've brought them ones down at the moment, I think to like 400 euro. So there were 900, but just to sell them, they're half the price of them. Yeah, they've half the price of them. And you'll see now coming up to the date, they'll go for the normal general sale price because no one is going to buy that. Did Coldplay do that as well? I couldn't even get it as far into Coldplay to find out if they dynamic price, but I don't think they did. I didn't see it written anywhere. So I think Harry Styles and Taylor Swift were the main culprit this year. Yeah, good Lord. All right. Katie, thanks as always. Take care. That's Katie O'Keefe. A little bit of investigation. It's it, Yeah, my friends did that last year. They went to the RDS. The, the, the option was the RDS. They went to Paris. They did... Four nights in Paris, was it, Chris and Janet? Four nights in Paris. Um, hotel, flights, accommodation, the gig. Uh, and they enjoyed themselves for four or five nights in Paris for less than the cost of going and staying one night in Dublin. I actually remember the Eagles played the Aviva a couple of summers ago. It was the same year that Elton John was down the park on his farewell tour, the Eagles were in the Aviva. And one little perk that comes with this job is the odd invitation. And I got an invitation to go to see the Eagles at the Aviva. And I would love to have gone. Only I turned it down because I couldn't get a hotel room. Like you were talking four or five hundred quid for Dublin, for hotels in Dublin. I'm just not paying that. I'm just absolutely not paying that. You know, it's not it's for a big occasion, a big event a big gig, a big treat for the family. You'd wonder, well, could you actually afford it? Would you have a credit card you could put? It's not the point. It's not the flipping point. You just can't justify it. Do you know? Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. See as well where Coldplay want their fans to sing on a new record. Let me try to find this here. I had it written down yesterday. There's another thing too about Compo and what Peter Aiken said to to Katie uh, talking about insurance and people claiming compensation to have it there. Oh yeah, Coldplay are bringing out a new song called One World. It's part of their new album, Moon, Moon Music, which they say is nearly finished. They took it to Instagram in the last few days and said, we've nearly finished Moon Music. If you'd like to be on it, perhaps you could add your voice to a song called One World. We'd love that. All you do is record yourself singing ah for a few seconds and then send it in. Uh, Thank you so much, Chris, Guy, Will and Johnny. So you go to oneworld.coldplay.com and you can hear the note they want you to sing and you just go ah, (laughs) send it in and you'll be on a Coldplay record. How cool is that? Yeah, on Compo. Here's the thing. Um, Peter Aiken did say to 
Katie, about insurance and the cost of insurance and the fact that we are somewhat litigious in this part of the world. Well, some figures from Cork City Council would kind of stand that up. Uh, Oliver Moore and the Green Party Council asked for some figures on public liability claims over the last few years. And it emerged that Cork City Council paid out more than four and a half million for compo claims relating to footpaths. Footpaths. 250 claims. There was over 320 claims made in relation to potholes. They paid out about a million in compensation for damage caused by potholes. Drains and gullies. They paid out over 330,000 for incidents claimed regards to drains and gullies. People falling on steps, 140,000. <sighs> so we are kind of litigious, all right. 0818. 9696 uh, down there, so we'll get to it uh, in the next wee while and go back over some of your comments because I think to be fair, most of the people commenting this morning were coming down on the school's side, so we'll get to that very very soon. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Ever consider a house swap so that when you're going on holidays, you go to somebody else's house and in return they come to your house. Seems so simple. I wonder would you do it? I couldn't imagine the Queen Bee doing it for all of the money in Ireland. Unless now we were swapping our house for some big celebrity mansion in Holth or something. But <laughs> I can't imagine because she'd want to look around. Do you know? She'd want to see how the other half lives. But I don't think she'd think about house swaps. But Sinead, Kenny, you have... Set up, set up a company for house swaps across Ireland and in fact you'll be doing one very very soon swapping Sligo for somewhere here in the south good morning Good morning, PJ, and thank you very much for inviting me on to talk. Yeah, we're really excited. Um, Let's Swap.ie has just launched in the last uh, month or two here in Ireland and um, I suppose our objective is to make staycations accessible and affordable for all because um, as a mom of four kids and um, haven't asked my business in COVID and um, it just, everything changed obviously, but for us, we're just a really outdoors family. So we love kind of the hiking and the kayaking and the, you know, going to different counties and spending time. So we used to use Airbnbs and we used to camp, but um, this summer the weather was atrocious. Mm. <laughs> the tent didn't come out. And um, it was just an idea I had because you see the amount of international home swapping that was going on. And there was just I wanted to build a platform here in Ireland, I suppose, for families that can't afford to to just treat their kids to a couple of days here and there. 
Um, you know, because life is quite tough at the moment and I don't know, the budget didn't do much favours for me personally. And um, it's just nice. Like we did it at Halloween. We went down to Galway where I'm from and it was just fantastic not to have to say no all the time because I could afford to get ice cream and I could afford to let them go into the little sweet shop before the Mockness Parade started because mm. we didn't have to pay for an Airbnb. We swapped with a lovely family in Clare Galway. So they came up here to Sligo for two nights and we went to Galway for two nights. How is it all set up? Um, it's an online platform. Um, so what you do is you just log in, um, you upload your profile and then you can visit the different provinces and see the members in each county and the houses. You can see their listing and then you can message them directly. Um, so if you had a wedding coming up or I heard you talking about the concerts, we have some lovely apartments in Dublin City are already listed with us within walking distance to a lot of the amenities in Dublin. Um, so you just go in and you say, I've, you know, I have something coming up that I'd love to be in Cork or Waterford or Dublin for this weekend. Would you like to come to Sligo? And this is where we live. And you give them, you know, on your profile, then you can list all the amenities. So I suppose where we're living, like we're 10 minutes from the mountains, we're just at the foot of the Ox Mountains, but we're also 10 minutes from the coast and Eski and some of the best surfing, the best beaches. So we've, I think we've a lot to offer the outdoor family here. So um, you just, it's all done privately. We had done a survey at the start and 83% of our clients wanted 100% privacy. So there's no, a lot of places, a lot of um Groups would have public forums where you'd put up, oh, I've annual leave from the 4th to the 12th. Does anybody want to come to Dublin? Now everybody knows that you're going to be away those days. So that's something that appealed to our clients was the complete privacy. So you don't get to see any of the listings until you sign up and join and you have to click the terms and conditions. Um, And then everything is private behind that. So even when you do agree to a swap between um, members, um, the other members don't know. So it's completely private and it's between you and the other person, the other member on the group. It all sounds fantastic, Sinead, until, and I know the first question that uh, Queen Bee would ask would be, well, come here, they're going to be inside in my bedroom, going through my wardrobes. <laughs> Look, the strangers. Well, geez, if you stay in a hotel, you've stayed in a hotel room that's 364 days of the year when you weren't there that one night, somebody else was staying in there. <laughs> Yeah, but, but, um, the, but that yeah, wardrobes were empty when we you put have, your stuff in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. We do have the guide to the to the. To, we do have the simple guide to home swapping, and we do encourage everybody to have a room in their house that they can lock, um, and to put your valuables and alcohol and whatever's important to you, obviously, away. Um, but then I was talking to a friend of mine down at Clonakilty, and he was saying, "Geez, you know, we thought about it, Sinead, but the prospect of having to pack up the whole house." <laughs> and I was like, "Why would you pack up the whole house? You know, you don't have to. You just have to just make it as if you're if you had relations coming to stay. You know, obviously, you'd empty the bins and clean the fridge, and make sure the bathrooms, and there's probably a day or two's prep to get it ready. Right. But when you're saving yourself a couple of hundred euro, and you can take your dog along with you instead of putting them into kennels, like we did in October, we were able to take Harper with us to Galway." Right. And she I'm, loved her. I'm thinking this is kind of great for families who might have, particularly say a family with a three bedroom house that have a, have a spare room or something, that you could do the spare room and have a couple stay in the house or whatever. I, yeah, and and well, they're not staying the same time as you because you're actually, you know, you're. We have a lot of holiday homes as well. A lot of people that own holiday homes have signed yeah. up with us. Okay, so they're actually offering their holiday home. So then you are getting a complete blank canvas to go and stay in, and they're coming to your house. I see. I see. It's it it. You know what? I'm I'm only here thinking because because it's new to me. But this isn't happening all yeah. over the world. 
It has been happening all over the world internationally. Now, I've done two international swaps, but it wasn't through uh, any site or anything. It was just because I knew the people internationally and they wanted to come to Ireland and we wanted some sun. So off we went. Um, but no, I just got frustrated with, I suppose, the lack of accommodation and the lack of affordability. And then even with the self-catering, they don't want you to take a dog with you. And then you're left stuck. Yeah. You know, with the really, the prices of kennels are going up. Plus, the dog is quite upset when oh, he's left behind all the time. <laughs> don't talk to me about kennels. Don't talk to me about kennels. So... Oh, no. You know, it's just a better option to be able to head off. And I just think that so much doom and gloom at the moment, it's nice to have the kids excited to be going somewhere new, a new playground, a new everything. And it's just some, it's something fun to do. And as I said, all you need is the price of the, 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 the diesel or the petrol to get you there. It's a total free exchange. I go to yours, you go to mine. Yeah. Well, bar the subscription, there's a 149 annual subscription for the website and that gives you 12 months unlimited swapping. Right. So I suppose if you were thinking families, there is the midterm in February and there's the long weekend in February and March. And then you have the two weeks Easter holidays with another long weekend. And then you have the May and June long weekends. And then you have the eight weeks of the summer off. And then October has another long weekend for that midterm. And then you have the Christmas markets, you know, that you could go away for weekends to enjoy. And just in general, going off to you visit family. Up around, the con- you could, uh, up and around the country all year long. Like what what, what, no, what yeah, do the kids like about well. it? Well, my kids are really excited, but they're just kind of they're where we're getting the pecking order as to who's going to choose where we're going next. Because I've one child that is obsessed with the Titanic, so we're dying to go up to Northern Ireland and spend a weekend there. And then I have another historian who did Glasnevin when he was eight or nine, and he can't wait to go back and do Kilmainham and do all of Dublin. Oh, really? um, and also for even when Michael Collins's commemoration, we wanted to go down for the celebrations, but sure we couldn't afford it and we couldn't get any accommodation down there that we could afford, so we didn't get down. So, you know, it's it's there's loads to do and there's loads that we want to do as a family and at least this way we can afford to do it. Yeah. It's a really cool you've done it of course in France and Spain with people who were far more used to it than we were. Well, yeah, because my my business, Aventuro Ireland, is is child swapping, essentially. So we internationally swap the children to learn languages and to develop. So my kids would have been going to France and Spain and living with these families and we would have had their children. So then we just kind of took it to the next level and swapped our houses for 10 days. So where can people find out more? Let's swap.ie with one S. It's letswap.ie with one S. So we're on Instagram, Facebook. And if you come to the website at the moment, there is a special offer of forty nine ninety nine for the 12 months membership. Okay. And something that's lovely as well, PJ, that I just wanted to mention is as an entrepreneur, and this isn't my first business, but what I did learn in the last, I suppose, 10 years is there's a lovely new culture with, I think, Irish business owners is the whole paying it forward and the social responsibility to try and make a difference. So with letswap.ie, our ethos is um, to try and pay it forward. So there is, it's not mandatory, but there is a very, very um, strong (laughs) persuasive nudge for everybody to throw 20 euro in a kitty when they're going on their swap. So it would mean that every time there's a swap arranged, 40 euro is going directly and they get to choose whether it goes to the Simon community, DVR, which is domestic violence response or Northwest Stop, which is a counselling service here in the northwest of Ireland where you don't have to wait on a list if you definitely, you know, if you're in the need of immediate assistance that there is um, counselling available for you. So we have that incorporated through the site and the members are informed of that at the beginning. And it's just that feel good factor that when you're hitting off somewhere with the kids or even just as a couple for a night or a weekend, that at least you're, you have a feel good factor that you're you're putting 
you're putting a couple of bob towards yeah. somebody that just needs immediate help at the moment in Ireland. Yeah. No, it all sounds it all sounds fab. It really does, Sinead, to be quite honest with you. I mean it came it's out changed of, our lives. It came out of lockdown. <laughs> Anyway. It did come out of lockdown. I suppose I was a little bit stuck on the fact that I thought I needed it to be an app. But then I realised that actually, no, you don't. We can do this as a membership platform on a website. And hopefully in, in the coming year or two, we will be able to develop it into something, I suppose, a little bit more user friendly, like an app. But um, yeah, once I got out of my own way and realised we could do this as a website, as a membership website, um, it was very easy then to just put it all together. We wish you luck with the strategies in place. I wonder has anybody Thank you very much. Kate says here, I have friends who've been doing something like this for years. It sounds great. Sounds really well. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we've had over um, 60 subscriptions in the last two weeks. So there is some in Cork because there's, um, I know there's one in Kerry that I'm thinking of um, trying to swap with because my kids are so taken with it because it's near the beach in Fent, but they have four chickens and my kids are dying to go out and collect this lady's chickens in the morning to get fresh eggs. It's the little so things. So my seven-year-old is like, can we just go to the house with the chickens, mum? <laughs> really cool. Thank you. Sinead Kenny. Uh, let's swap.ie. Just the one S in this. Let's swap.ie. Is it what you... I, I could not see the Queen Bee doing this. Just she likes her own place to be her own place, her own room and her own wardrobe to be her own room and her own wardrobe and would hate the thought of anybody else uh, traips and around it um, with the best will in the world I know she'd she'd hate it but it sounds like a cool idea too at the same time um, I wonder would I like someone traipsing around the idea of my, and I don't know but it's a great idea let's swap.ie and raising money for for charity at the same time okay uh, so we got the statement in from Cork Education Training Board and from Carrie Defoy Community College. To just recap, I'll do the tune in just a sec there. For, I want to get this out of the way first, to be fair to the school. So to recap, Carrick Devoy Community College are making some changes. And Antoinette contacted us about it. We'll podcast the interview later. They've taken the main doors off the toilets. Girls and boys' toilets. They have taken the urinals out of the boys' toilets and replaced them with more cubicles. And there is talk of CCTV. Not confirmed yet, but talk of CCTV. And Antoinette and a few others were concerned that it's a breach of privacy. And that because, particularly in the girls' toilets, there's a lot of mirrors in there. And anybody now, and there's a photograph attached to Antoinette's Facebook page, or Facebook post rather, where you can see straight out into a huge communal area. There's a folded up pool table, which means purely loads of people could be up and down, teachers, pupils, and they can sit in, that they can see in to the toilet. And internet wasn't particularly happy about that. Um, others would feel differently. Others would feel the same. We had quite a number of comments. Anne says, I don't see what the issue is. A lot of shopping centres have no main door, and you can see into the bathroom. Morning PJ, I, my, my child goes to the community school in Cove. The main door into the toilets is gone, but there are still doors in the cubicles, so I don't see the problem. Everyone should be after fixing themselves in the cubicle before they come out. The only thing they should be seen doing is washing their hands. Uh, PJ, some kids are vaping and there could be bullying going on. On the other hand, you could have another teacher in a teacher who stalks the bathroom. Now my girl and her friends stop and chat a little too long sometimes. 
But many a time she's accused her of vaping when she hasn't been vaping. But then I'm glad to know they're safe. It could stop bullying too, says that message. In my daughter's school, they keep locking the doors of the bathroom until lunchtime because of people vaping in there. My daughter has often come out bursting to go to the toilet because she's afraid to ask a teacher for permission. Um, Mary was on defending the school. She said, look, do you still have your privacy? Go in, lock the cubicle, do your business in the cubicle, come out, and all you should be doing in the open area there is washing your hands or brushing your teeth or maybe fixing your face. Jackie said, well said, Mary. I understand some kids are insecure, but I'd rather have it to explain to my child they shouldn't be ashamed of using the toilet than trying to deal with vapes or trying to wean them off vaping or trying to deal with a bully. Uh, Bernie, I think the cost of putting in CCTV and removing the doors, surely they're not doing this on a whim. We all know kids are no angels and some other kids suffer because of that. I have a second year and a transition year child. I'm going back over old comments now, to be fair, because I just want to summarise. They're sick of the smell of vapes in the toilets. The toilets being blocked with vapes. A gang of students taking over cubicles, causing aggro. To summarise, there's a lot more support for the school than against the school. Um, except we did get this message in from Kevin on voice, mo- voice note. To 083 396 you're, you're trying to make a positive point about taking kids' toilet doors away and you wouldn't take them away yourself. You wouldn't go in for a shish inside the bathroom without the outer door being there. For fear of people hearing you fecking fraft or for fear of you smelling up the whole entire fecking restaurant or wherever you might be. How could you possibly take away this, the, 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 the door for the toilets? Are you mad, like? And that's Kevin's view and he's entitled to it. We got the statement... Um, Cork Education and Training Board and Carrigny Community College consider the privacy of all students and staff of paramount importance. We're constantly striving to improve facilities in all of our schools and colleges. We conduct regular assessments to ensure there are no accessibility or safety issues. Recent remedial works in Carrigny Community College were carried out to improve the level of service available to students and in a manner that ensured there'd been no impact on the privacy of students. We're satisfied the works carried out now mean the facilities are more user-friendly for all students. That's the end of that statement that we requested from Carrie Devoy Community College. I want to mention a man I first met, I think I first met him in the mid-80s, back in the pirate days, and he gave me an idea, actually, for a show, which we did for a little while on Pirate Radio, an idea called The B-Side Show. If you remember what a B-Side was, single, single, don't yeah. We used to play the B-Sides on a B-Side Show, which was only for about 30 minutes a week. And the idea was given to me by this man. His name is Jack Lyons. Jack was uh, in London in 1962. He was 19 years of age. And he was staying with his aunt and uncle in London. Uh, where he was working with the electricity board as a clerk. And he went out one night to see a band and go to a dance. He was 19 years of age. And the band that night went on, small time, wedding band or function band or dance band, went on to become The Who. The Who? Yeah, The Who. The Who, that. The Who. Big rock and roll band. Played the marquee, actually, a few years back. Fantastic show. They were global superstars were the Who. 
at one point. But Jack befriended them that very night in 1962. And that friendship is still there to this day with members of The Who. He used to go to their gigs in a small, tiny van. He used to help them set up and strip down the gear. Uh, He used to help them with selling tickets. Um, He came back to Cork in 67, uh, was a bus conductor, and later a postman. But he kept this over-and-back friendship with uh, Pete Townsend of The Who, and from time to time would go over and visit him and spend time with him. He was known in Who lore as Irish Jack. And The Who, of course, made a very, very successful movie, globally successful movie, called Quadrophenia. If you've ever seen it, you know it. It's a great movie, a great rock and roll movie. And there's a character in that which is based on Irish Jack, a fella from Cork, a postman from Cork. And I, as I said, I met Jack back in the 80s and uh, always enjoyed his company, always a great laugh with him. Wonderful character, lovely man. Um, always had the little Honda 50 with him, the little scooter, little little nifty, little mod scooter. He, a mod to this day, he's a mod to this day, with an encyclopedic knowledge of music, of every era. Jack Lyons knows music like very few know music. And Jack celebrates a roundy birthday today. Irish Jack, of the Who fame and friendship, is 80 today. And we wish him well. We wish him well. And uh, hail and hearty and in good health. Good man, Jack. Irish Jack. 80 today. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With Hidden Hearing. Focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. On the cost of concerts, uh, Tanya, I paid 235 euro for a room in Dublin last week the night of a concert. Breakfast was 18 euro each if we wanted it. Good God. I looked at Portugal for five nights in December for two people. Flights and accommodation <laughs> coming in at 300 quid. Oh, I know it would make you sick. Oh, 818 96 96 96. Not that Portugal would exactly be Scorchio in December, but to be a bit nicer than here, I suspect. Now, Joel Olympio, good morning and congratulations on getting to this uh, final stages of international design. Um, Oasis, it looks like electric sunglasses. Good morning. Morning, PJ, how are you? Good. That's what it sounds like, Joel. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they are a pair of kind of smart glasses or a wearable um, that uses a, a special technology called uh, electrochromic film. Um, and this allows them to uh, adjust the dimming of, of the lenses. Mm. Um, and with this technology, you can uh, dim your surroundings and it helps you to just focus on what you're doing. Because you have ADHD, you were diagnosed with that in your teens. And we've talked to a few people, Joel, who have it and one of the things they talk about is concentration and focus. I can look at what's in front of me, but the slightest distraction and I'm gone and I can't control it. So this is the, do you use these to focus on what you need to be focused on at that moment in time? Is that is? Yeah, yeah. Um, you only put them on when you need them, um, such as when you're kind of working in an environment where there's a lot of things going on, um, a lot of visual um 
things going on, you can put them on um, and just kind of, it helps to kind of create the sense of an enclosed space within um, whatever environment okay. you're working in. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting here surrounded by screens and many, many distractions in, in, in the studio, but I, I need to focus on you and I need to focus on the script in front of me. So I would put these things on and I would block out effectively the rest of the room. So I'm only looking at what's in front of me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it enhances your focus on whatever you're working on in front of you um, and it dims everything else around you um, so that, yeah, you can kind of wow. focus in on, on one thing. Um, yeah. And then I I have a, an adjuster, is it? I have a little a button or something that I can turn it up yeah. or turn it down according to what I need. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, some people might want to completely um, block out distractions, or some people might just want um, slight dimming, depending on where they are. So you can actually adjust how dim you want your surroundings to be, as well as turn it completely off as well. So let's say you are working in in the studio, and somebody approaches you and wants to have a chat or whatever, you can just turn them off instantly. Oh, there's a few people I'd like to turn off. (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, but yeah it kind of allows for for you to kind of re-engage with the environment as well so that you're not completely closed off how did you come up with this like what's it like growing up with with ADHD Um... yeah um, that's a good question Um, it's it can be quite challenging um, in, in various environments such as school but also when you get into the workplace um, it can become quite challenging just in terms of focus and organization. And um, yeah, when I was growing up, I actually didn't know I had it um, until a lot later on. And so what I, what I thought was just like my personality, it was just, or it was just me um, actually turned out to be this thing I, I discovered um, mm. when I was older. And so a lot of the symptoms I had, I I just had to kind of figure out ways to work around them, almost like hacks to make my, my brain work in, right. in ways that it wasn't really used to working. A friend of mine who has it said to me one time, PJ, imagine working in a room or living in a room where the lights are always on at full power and there's noise coming from everywhere and you're trying to focus on the one task in front of you. Imagine having to live with that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of a, a good kind of description. It's like, it's very much kind of having almost too much attention and you're trying to put it on this one thing that's not really holding your attention. And are you into physics and stuff that you came up with this wonderful idea? Um, yeah, I, I, I studied physics for my, my leaving cert, but I was very much more interested in kind of the intersection between kind of engineering and art, which is what kind of product design is yes and so there i could kind of have i could have this like technical understanding of how things worked but applied them in a very um kind of creative way um adhd a lot of people with a lot of very creative people musicians and artists and sculptors and writers they have adhd yeah yeah exactly it's kind of it's almost an outlet for them to kind of express their creativity um, but, you know, uh, almost like a, a career as well. So they're able to kind of 
um, pursue their passions in a, in a career. And that's why so many creative people um, tend to have ADHD, but also a lot of athletes as well and, and, and entrepreneurs too. Um, because these are just careers that kind of tailor towards ADHD. So the design now of Oasis has gone for the Dyson Award. It's a very prestigious awards system. And have you hope of getting this on the market, Joel? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the, the James Dyson Award has like really um, opened up a lot of doors for me and has given me a lot of exposure for the product um, and there's so many people interested in it so I'm very interested in, in bringing it to market and, and getting it to the to the people who, who need it okay. Well we look forward to it uh, when it does come to market and we'll remember forever that wonderful thing was invented by a lad from Cork and that's it from us programme edited by Fergal Mary produced and researched by Richard Vickery and we shall talk to you tomorrow just after nine Join the conversation This is the Opinion Line With Hidden Hearing Changing Lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Coach 96 FM.